0: And a DeLorean from Back to the Future, and there's time travel, and uh, nudity, and boobs, and beer, and metal, dinosaurs with rocket launchers, and. Maybe the bear suit works this time. Wow, that dude has some serious tax problems or something. Hail Satan! Satan, hail Satan! Bank of stainless steel with the Christmas lights in it, and that's
1: computers! Move the His crazy face looking at me and like, keep talking about me! This poor, sad sack bastard. Movie freaks.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Movie Freaks. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Cold Medicine and Ah, Warm Medicine. I am Eric Warner, and I'm Eugene Weaver. What are we drinking tonight? (laughs) Oh, I'm I'm back on the usual stuff now. Okay. (laughs) The Hunter. The Hunter. I had to hunt for it, actually, a little bit today. I stopped at a new place, and they were like, Canadian Hunter? Hmm, no. And I was like, oh, it's cheap, but still pretty good. And see you later. I'm going somewhere else. <laughs> I want Hunter. Yeah.
1: I, I indulged in a, uh, I think it's a $19 bottle of Canadian Club small batch. 12-year-old uh, Canadian Club. Nice. Yeah.
0: Yes, I've been fighting off a bit of the flu this last week, but I've, I'm mostly over it. It's just kind of at, a, at an allergy state right mm. now. Just a little bit of uh clogged uh, everything. But this is helping quite I a bit. I was going to say,
1: that is what whiskey is for. And there literally have been times where it actually truly does help.
0: <sighs> it's helping me tonight. That's not yeah. damn sure.
1: Oh, yeah. After the day I had, this is... mm I'm ready. So... This How's is. Going? This is kind of the lead into to the weekend. I'm doing well. I've got a long night ahead of me tomorrow night with, uh, with work. You know, we've got a screening of a local filmmaker. And so... There's going to be cast, crew, all of all the friends. And the bar's going to be hopping. It's going to be a late and busy night. So this is kind of my chill time before a very busy weekend of working. I'm working on Easter as well, uh, but you know what? We got Train Spotting Two playing, so I che-
0: feel no pity for you cheers, whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, kind of pisses me off that you're going to watch that movie before me because I. <laughs> yep. I love that first movie. Can't I am, wait! to see I'm
1: anxious to see the second one, and I hope it does well for us. We shall see. Yeah, are you guys going to get that colossal movie? Oh, uh, um, myself and the coworkers, the guys I work with, we've talked about that. We've brought that movie up. So, it well, from did,
0: what I've heard, it, it's because it's getting a very slow release or a very limited release, yeah. but they're expanding it because everywhere it's releasing, it's blowing up.
1: Yeah. So it, it literally comes down to what we can wor- how we can work with with the uh with the studio and does it fit into our time slot and do we you know do yeah. we have enough shows that they were like okay well that works for us it just it it's it's weird how that works um yeah but,
0: Kevin yeah. Smith did a podcast he's interviewing the director his name is Nachos something he's a Spanish guy
1: hmm.
0: Spain Spanish guy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> he's the direct he he did time crimes oh that guy yeah And so he was talking all about making Time Crimes and how it was so uber low budget and the way they were editing it. He's a super cool dude from the sound of it. So I was like, awesome. I want this movie to succeed like crazy.
1: I think that uh, that director, uh, he did a short, the the best short on uh, VHS Viral, the third VHS movie. I'm pretty sure he had a segment in that one.
0: He had a segment on VHS and he had a segment on uh ABCs
1: of death okay yep oh and I know exactly which one it was because it's time travel type stuff uh, and nice. and the VHS segment it I know which one it is and it was the by far the best one on part three because part three wasn't that good but that one there was awesome you should check that one out that was really good
0: I will I'm gonna get around to it because when I hear an interview with the director and he turns out or it seems to me like he's a really cool dude. I suddenly become more of a fan. Yeah. Yep, I agree. Okay. Let's get into the show, and we've had some new subscribers this week, and we haven't reset the show in a long time, so I figured we'd kick that off, uh, kick off the show by resetting everything, which is to say, explain what we do here at Movie Freaks. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, uh, email moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. We are on the Twitter, at Movie Freaks Pod, and the best place to go find us is on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash movie freaks pod. And there we're doing written reviews. I'm releasing, I'm putting out trailers and stuff as long as they don't spoil too much of the movie. Mm -hmm. So it's a safe place to go uh, find trailers and stuff like that. And yeah, uh, some, some, I don't bombard the people with every little stupid casting or news story. I try and keep it to just, Hey, friendly updates here and there. Yep. Not to be annoying,
1: and our movie and our movie reviews are they range in they range from fair, fairly new releases to like just completely obscure stuff that we watch, so, which is
0: the point of this show: shining yes. light on underseen gems from decades past. Mm-hmm. And the other big part of our show is The Roulette, which we're going to get into next, where we dive into the ocean of... used to be just Netflix uh, to find those gems in the rough, but we've expanded to Voodoo, Crackle, Shout Factory TV, YouTube, at Roku. Get a Roku, because there's a million channels on there, movie channels, yes. of fr- free, co- free legal content. Uh, so, you know, anywhere that you can scrounge up some movies, legally, then do that. We're all for that. And we like to... Really uncover those gems in the rough that you might have missed. And did we do that this week? Hmm. Well, this week on the roulette, it is Abatar, Abator, Ab Aba Aba. Not going to work here anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Up against the windmill. Whose turn was it?
1: I think it's yes. your turn.
0: You're right. It is. Dang it. I always like it when
1: you go first. No, I I can I can go That's first if good. you want me to. I, I'm, sure. I'm ready I'll to rock it. and roll. Me too.
0: Okay. <clears throat>
1: an investigative
0: reporter teams up with the police with a police officer to solve the mystery of why a seemingly good man murdered her sister's family. Oh, how to explain this movie or where to begin. Yeah. Uh, this is a horror movie of sorts. It is on Netflix. This was a Netflix round, by the way, so you can find these on there. Um, For the first... <laughs> two thirds of this movie I two thirds first third of this movie at least I'm like what are we doing here exactly because it's set in present day but it has is trying to have a noir feel so they're wearing kind of older style dresses and the cops are I got my leather jacket and my tie's a little loose and I wear a hat and I'm kind of fast talking. You know, like it's a 40s movie. Okay. But it's, but it's not set in the 40s and it's definitely lit, over bright, HD, slickly shot kind of thing. Okay. So at first I was like, I'm not really digging this. It's kind of confusing the styles they're meshing together here and, uh, you know, okay. The, and that is like the biggest, the biggest negative that I have about this movie. Hmm. I didn't love this movie. I will give this movie a a passing thumbs up, maybe like a 5.5 out of 10 or maybe even a six in that. And on my scale, that's like, you should at least give it
1: one watch and judge for yourself, which I intend to because of the director. I, I would like to, I like his movies.
0: Okay. But I'm warning you about the style.
1: Now okay. we get to the
0: third act and uh, well, and the plot along the way is, is what kind of kept me in because it was like, even though this is goofy style and they're talking funny and the actors are not good. The plot idea, I was like, now that's really interesting. I've never seen that before in a movie. That's a kind of creepy idea. I like that. And then we get to the third act where it's all headed. And, oh, okay, now this is really pretty cool. It's it's not a home run success, but the third act where they reveal what's going on. I'm being vague to yeah. not spoil anything. Reveal what's going on is really pretty messed up and sweet. And I was like, I kind of forgive the rest of this movie for this. Not entirely because the acting was pretty bad, but that was a really cool idea. And it's one of those, it's frustrating because I feel like with this script, this idea and a different director with a, just a, a normal kind of directing style and a normal kind of art design And this would have been sweet, and and you know, get a better performance out of your actors. Yeah, that'd have been great. Like, drop the whole mishmashing noir thing because it wasn't working. Or you got to make it like seven, where it's just like hyper realistic. Okay. And but they didn't do that. It was it's so hard to explain. You just have to see it for yourself. But I would love to know what you think about it. And don't give up on it too quick because the third act is where this movie it it kind of kind of gets it a nice. A uh, slug there at the end, where like, okay, that was cool. So
1: excellent. Hey, okay, yeah, that's, that Avatar. stays on my uh, on my Netflix queue. uh the windmill. The windmill. <laughs> okay, well, uh, and and I will say this: every now and then, we give each other little, just little clues throughout the week as to where we stand on our roulettes. Uh, very mildly, we don't spoil it, but here. I had no idea what you were going to think of Abattoir, and I, you obviously have no. I mean, clue. There was
0: there was no discussion no, this week. No, no chats.
1: Uh, I watched Windmill fairly shortly of the the next day after our podcast, and um, I am happy to report that's a good movie. Uh, for real? That's a good movie. Yes. Wow,
0: wow! I'm really impressed. I'm really happy.
1: That is a minor gem for myself because I'm a horror guy. Um, very my, first off it's a slickly shot and by that I mean professionally shot it's not a slickly shot as in no budget but nice video camera it's not that it's this has a feel to it to it that it would lend itself well to a theatrical release that's all I know
0: how to use it
1: yeah there was an actual big cast and crew and some money thrown at this thing so um the storyline is and for the most part this is Fairly generic horror making, but it's a group of people with uh, maybe maybe not some troubled pasts. They end up going on a tour um, in Amsterdam to look at windmills, and they happen upon one that, and their their bus breaks down, and there's a killer uh, on the prowl, and from there on it's. Kind of a character study to figure out why are these people are you know what you know what their backstory is and then what the killer's motive is and all that stuff and I'm gonna be I'm gonna stop it at that as far as the plot goes, uh, but I will say that there was just the right amount of gore, really good gore, sprinkled throughout this, and the technical sheen in the movie worked great uh, for a lazy Saturday night or whatever. And I said night because this is one that I would watch this in the evening, which is now we're getting into the prime time stuff. Like I, I'm, I'm shocked. Yeah. Right now. I, I, I think I gave it three, maybe three and a half out of five on my rating scale. It's when it's all said and done, credits are rolling. You're like, yeah, that was fairly, it's kind of generic, but I, I, I liked everything about it really. I'm like, I wasn't really ever bored. There's a lot of backstory going on throughout the movie, but it kind of makes sense with how it all kind of gels together. And like I said, like every time be like, okay, it's getting a little bit talky. Here's a beheading or here's something gory. And the killer looks cool. Um, It's, it's, I I don't want to say too much more because I don't want to spoil it, but this is definitely one that you should check out in October. I will. I will
0: save that in the queue for October and put it all together for the Horathon.
1: Yes. Especially. And especially if you go in thinking fairly generic, but, with that polished sheen and not cheap polished sheen, but theatrical release polished sheen. Like, this is something that possibly could have been released in January or February in the, you know, in the dumping ground months and just get it out there and here you go. 85 minutes of, of horror that you'll forget, but you enjoy while it's on. So, mm-hmm. a good movie. Cool. I'm, I'm tickled. I was expecting yeah. you to come in here and just rip that thing to nope. shit because
0: that was the dodgiest pick I threw up last night. I know. Time. And
1: the thing is, this is one of those where, like so many of these horror movies that pop up on Netflix, you hit play, and within the first couple of minutes, you're like, oh no, what yeah. did I do? Or, all right, okay, this is...
0: I was kind of that way with Abattoir for about 20 minutes. I was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, man. But then they got to the first real... I guess I should explain a little bit about that. Uh, the the I guess that's not giving away too much, because it happens in the first act. But this guy goes crazy and kills his wife and kids. And the, the sister of the family was downstairs and she's an investigative reporter. Right. Mm -hmm. So then she goes upstairs and sees the horrible mess and a detective comes and they drag her away and yada, yada, skip ahead like a couple of days and the house sells Mm
1: -hmm. to
0: a buyer and is closed out like within three days. And so they're like, this is not even possible. How did that happen? You can't close a house that fast. So they go back to the house, go into the room where the murders happened, and the room has been internally removed. There's just exposed walls, exposed floor, exposed ceiling. And the house was flipped and sold again, like, within two days. So within the span of, like, a week, it was sold twice, which is impossible to okay. do. Okay. So somebody took the room. Literally took the room, the murder room. Oh, and then that's kind of cool so they go looking for stories of other stories of this happening and they start finding other stories of crime scenes where the room has been removed.
1: Oh, that's that first sounds act really cool.
0: Yeah. That's what kept me in because it sure as shit wasn't the Oscar caliber acting. Anyway, yeah. uh, that plot idea was, I was like, I gotta see where this
1: is going. Yeah. Oh, get that, that's cool. And I will say this about, about my movie is the director, Nick, uh, George Georgius I'm not sure how to pronounce it. He's from uh from the Netherlands. Uh he produced, he didn't direct, he produced uh Frankenstein's Army, which I love Frankenstein's yeah. Army. So there are... great flick. Yeah. yeah. Uh but this is definitely one to keep on the queue. And this is one that I will revisit when I'm actually partaking in some of my Canadian club. This is definitely one that I would enjoy even more, because I didn't watch this while I was, you know, Mm. kicking back having a drink this was one where i'm like okay it's a roulette let's see what this is all about and i'm like oh man i gotta keep watching this and i didn't even break it like a lot of roulettes i'll break up into if it's meh a half hour here a half hour there or what split it up here it was the whole way through so wow there you go
0: yep i do the same thing yeah okay let's get on to the next round uh i guess i get to go first selling my movies First up for you is the dodgiest pick of the week by far in Uncaged. A sleepwalking teen straps a camera to himself and discovers a sinister family secret. Uh, spoiler alert from the cover of the movie uh, Werewolves. Um, I watched the trailer and it was one of those that just looks like, uh, I don't, know, should I keep it on there? But then there's a kind of a couple of cool scenes, and so it's gonna be a found footagey. A bit. Uh, Anyway, I hope you checked out the trailer before you picked that one. But you always like a horror movie, and I don't like to leave you hanging. The other two are much safer, and all pass the trailer test. Reasonable doubt. A district attorney has his life turned upside down when he's involved in a hit-and-run, and And another man is arrested for his crime and charged with murder. Sounds generic, but it's Dominic Cooper and Sam Jackson. And this trailer looked sweet. Uh, And lastly, The Angriest Man in Brooklyn. This is kind of a dark comedy. Rated R, Perpetually Angry Man is informed he has 90 minutes to live and promptly sends out to reconcile with his family and friends in the short time he has left, starring Robin Williams, Mila Kunis, Peter Dinklage, James Earl Jones. That is an easy one to toss up
1: there. Yes, it is.
0: Okay. I know it's not a full-on horror uh, fest for you, but I can't imagine that those are going to be, like, One of those where you push play and in five minutes you want to kill yourself.
1: Exactly. Okay. On your roulette uh, list for this week is, first up, Officer Downey. Spelled D-O-W-N-E, so it's Officer Downey. Uh, Based on the graphic novel, a police officer who can't be stopped by death returns to the streets time and time again to fight crime. That just sounds cool. Uh, Is it? I don't know. Uh, the next one is one that I'm not sure if I threw your way or if you threw my way, but it's been on there before, is The Similars. from? I think both. Yeah, from 2015. And uh this one here, well, I, I always say this, but uh it's gotten some good reviews. A- ain't It Cool News really liked it? If that's something, I don't know. But uh I believe that this is a Spanish or Mexican movie on a rainy night on... Eight characters waiting on a remote bus station for a bus headed to Mexico City start experiencing a strange phenomenon. So, there's that. That's horror sci-fi-ish. And last but not least, this just, I couldn't help myself. It sounds really, really cool. Uh, and it's a documentary, and those are generally safe picks, um, as long as the subject matter is somewhat interesting. Lost Punks. We are all we have. Uh, from 2016, uh, it's an intimate documentary about the teens and young adults who find meaning in the thriving punk rock scene in the backyards of South Central and East Los Angeles. That sounds awesome for me. I I like punk rock music, and I, that might be interesting. So there you go. There's your yep. three.
0: that sounds cool, and I'll definitely add that into the queue. Um, and similar sounds really cool, too, and I've read some good reviews. Officer Down sounded amazingly cool uh, back... I, I remember... I think I shared that trailer on our Facebook page <clears throat> back back when... whenever that came out. I don't know. But it, it, that movie sounded really cool and it was like graphic novel. I'm the comic book dork. So, wow, that sounds cool. And then I watched the trailer and I was like... Uh, that looks pretty low-budget and kind of dodgy, so, so at, I guess yep. I'll be taking Officer Down. <laughs>
1: perfect perfect
0: Uh, I Um, really like that actor what's his name oh I can't remember his name he was on Sons of Anarchy and a million other things um Uh, he just did a long interview with uh, Kim Coates Kim Coates yeah yeah, with the crypt guys oh Adam Green yeah they just did a long interview with him a couple of weeks ago I think and Um, I listened to most of it
1: okay um yeah, I'm looking at uh the director. He's uh done... Oh, he directed a Slipknot video. There you go. And that's Wait, it. A, a video
0: or the DVD? The disaster pieces?
1: No, it's Slipknot XIX short... A video short from 2015. Yeah, so he probably yeah. just directed one of their videos, whatever. Um, well,
0: it kind of looked like
1: a Slipknot video. At least a bad one. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, and for me... um You know, because Windmill was a, a minor hit let's oh. just let's just let's just let this ride and let's just oh. keep right on with the horror and just in case uncaged is good because I'm starving for more horror that might be a gem and it's probably not but yeah uncaged wins lower expectations sir I watched I re the trailer today and I was like Ugh. <laughs> at the very least <laughs> if I hate it it will make for some great uh, thrashing next episode <laughs> hopefully yeah. If
0: nothing else they're all all of my picks were like ninety minutes. So exactly. It's not gonna yeah. be uh crazy pain. Alright, there you have it. Next week it will be officer down, knee up against unhinged. Unhinged? Uncaged. Uncaged. Same thing. I can't thing. read my hand I can't read my handwriting.
1: Yeah. It's Oh, no, between
0: kids' volleyball games, I was in a mad panic putting together uh, the prep for the show this evening, so uh yeah, you get unhinged uncaged. Uncaged yeah. hinged. It works. <laughs>
1: Somehow in there, I, of course, am in just imagining Nicolas Cage screaming with fur on his face, and there you go. It's too bad that Nicolas Cage isn't in a movie called Uncaged. Wouldn't that be great? And the, thi- the thing is, this movie, more than likely I haven't seen it but um, yet, obviously, but more than likely it would probably be a perfect movie for him to star in. <laughs> I uh, hmm.
0: Well, that will lead us into our next segment, The Rabbit Trail and the first question of the evening. Is there any pitch too crazy that Nicholas Cage would actually say no? No, boy. Um,
1: maybe like, Hey, you want to be in a werewolf movie called uncaged? I mean, that's almost borderline. Brilliant. I think. (laughs) I agree. Um, yeah, that
0: sounds pretty good, man.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, maybe hardcore pornography he might say no to, but even then it's like, mm, how much? He's like, what's the title? Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, the garbage that we have seen him in. Uh, is there something recent that he's been in that we haven't watched yet? Because it's like his, his movies always pop up on our roulettes. They always do. And we usually watch them. Yeah, I mean, we put them in the queue and then one of us throws one on and then
0: somebody watches it and then he just vanishes for a couple of months because we're like, what are we doing? Why? No. Um, let's see. I watched the one where he was a samurai and you watched the one where he had a mustache and was a cop. And then, okay, the last one I watched, I think it was Roulette. Willem Uh, Dafoe was in it, right? Willem Dafoe. He was crazy with Willem Dafoe. That was,
1: that wasn't, that wasn't awful. You should give that one a chance. I still and I think watched you the one with the, I, the last one I watched with him was with Elijah Wood with the mustache, yeah. and um, that was awful. Awful. Yeah. And then there was the Pay the Ghost. Yeah. Which that was. I,
0: I watched, the Samurai one was with Hayden Christensen, so somehow that should have counted for two roulettes.
1: I don't yep. know. Yep. <laughs> I just Good. feel like there's probably ten other Nicolas Cage movies from the past six months that we have, that we haven't watched yet. Oh my! Oh yeah, good times. I miss I miss the days of a mullet-haired Nicolas Cage, uh, winking at the camera as a you know as he's escaping a plane and or whatever the Con Air thing,
0: whatever asinine premise they put forth. Yeah. Uh, what was that one where he could see the future but only five seconds or something? It's on, I think that one's still on Netflix.
1: You know that one was actually one that got a theatrical release. That was still yeah. like, in his like very last theatrical release run. Um wasn't very good, but it was Jessica Beale was in it though. Yep. Unsomethingable.
0: Uncageable
1: <laughs> <Yeah, it> was... <laughs> That's great. Uncageable. Oh and Oh man. Oh <laughs> And the thing is, like, if if they would literally just jump the shark and just do that. Just start coming up with... Whenever he starts in a movie, have Cage in the title. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's a sell right there. Like, I'll watch it. Is. it. I will watch it.
0: He's already, a, like, a meta version of himself. Why not just go... Just double down on that. Yeah. Just every movie should have Cage worked into the title. Yeah. In some
1: capacity. And somehow it would make the movie somewhat a little bit better. I mean, The Wicker Cage. Okay, I'll <laughs> I'll watch that again. Might as well. Let's see. Let, maybe maybe the bear suit works this time. <laughs> <sighs> I'm still stuck on Uncageable because yeah. <laughs> he really is uncageable. He is. He really he is. Uh, I'm still waiting for. Uh, a Tarantino-esque type role to where it's like, oh yeah, he still got it. He's, there's still some coolness there going on. Well, that was that one that I watched with Will, Willem Dafoe. So he, it was, that
0: was, like, it was. I, well, I'm not saying it was that kind of Renaissance cage, but it he at least was doing, he at least was showing the, the old cage. Yeah. The Leaving Las Vegas cage, yeah. The the, even the Bad Lieutenant cage, while well, I didn't, Love that movie because I have such a love affair with the first one. It it was, he still gave the kind of performance where he, he can
1: act. Yes, he if can If he act. wants to. Yes.
0: But it, it has to be the right material.
1: Yep, agreed.
0: If he's just cashing a paycheck, he doesn't give a shit.
1: No. Nope. <laughs> Do you think we're ever going to see a, another huge con air type, rock type Nicolas Cage movie? Or that ship has sailed. Oh, no, I. Who
0: knows, man? I don't. I don't like to close the door on anybody.
1: Yeah. You never know.
0: We all have second acts. We all have third acts. Yep. And he ain't dead yet. He can always come back for another another round.
1: Yeah, Robert Forster. There's a, a plethora of actors who you th- you think are done, and then they come back, and it's like, oh, John Travolta is still kind of relevant, and now he's back in kind of sort of a list. Now, I'm not saying he is now, but back in the Pulp oh, well, What
0: was that piece of shit he just made? not long ago
1: <laughs> he's
0: been making some shitty movies Come yeah on. well he had the that, he had half that, decent thing he made was from Paris with Love wasn't it oh that movie kicked ass that was a good movie right I agree but I mean after that he made a whole bunch of like really crappy movies yeah. he's been I, what was that last one Oh, explosion behind me on the poster I don't know whatever
1: it was it was stupid it was like complete garbage was it theatrical or was that a oh it's on Netflix now yeah, it'll be on Netflix next week. Okay. I'm, I'm just I'm looking up Cage now. Next week and the following week, it'll be on the roulette. Uh, Ugh. <laughs>
0: uh, Rage Cage. Joe. Left Behind. The Runner. Pay the Ghost. The Trust. Oh, wow. Oh, he was in Snowden. Oh, he was? And he was very good in Snowden. He was just playing a smaller role, but he was great. He did it he did old school cage where it was just
1: like, I'm just being a normal actor. You know, kick ass is another great example of, I thought he was great in kick ass. That was almost a Renaissance type role for him. Yeah. That was so good. He almost stole that movie. Whenever he was on screen, I'm like, dude, you're, this is really good. You're doing really good in this. Do you remember the trailer I posted for army
0: of one? Yes. Where he goes and looks for Osama bin Laden or whatever. That looked awesome. That looked fantastic. Did we ever?
1: Obviously, I didn't see it. Did...
0: Well, you said yes. I just asked you if you watched no, it. Was just tra- no, 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 I the movie the itself. Tra- oh, no, no, okay. the trailer. Did you just watch the trailer? Yes, the trailer looked fantastic, but, it's, and that's a theatrically going to be theatrical. Okay. At least. And then I see he followed that up with "Vengeance: A Love Story." Oh my god! Yeah. It should just be "Cajuns: A Love Story." <laughs> The Humanity Bureau. I mean, just... Oh, he, he, like, picks one good role, and then there's just ten complete garbage... Ten arsenal. paychecks. Yep. Wow, that dude has some serious tax problems or something. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Okay. Uh,
1: <laughs> do you want more Cage on the rabbit trail, or do you want to move on to something no, else? let's move on to... Yeah, let's see. <laughs> Because uh, all I can think of right now is just his buggy eyes and his crazy face looking at me and, like, keep talking about me. His eight head. Yeah. <laughs> with that hairline. Oh, boy. Oh, I think only David Spade is the only other actor I can think of that, that no matter what he does with his hair, it just does not work. And Nicolas Cage, is, he's like that, too. It's like, it doesn't matter what he does. I'm like, dude, it I don't know what will make your hair look good, but nothing, nothing thus far has worked. Then in the next movie you see him. He has a big bushy goatee. Like distraction. Don't look
0: up yeah, top. Yeah, it's the goatee. <laughs> it's, it's like no, no. That's that's still a pretty monumental hairline. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. Wow. Uh, what next? Do you want some, what do you got?
1: Um. Uh, so rabbit trail. Uh, let's see. What did we discuss earlier? Um,
0: do you want me to? I got one if you want.
1: Please, yeah. Let's let's have it.
0: Okay, on your your last episode of Cinema Soft Underbelly, Eugene sideshow. Everybody go listen to that. iTunes, wherever you can get your podcasts. He has his little. Uh, ugh, I don't want to say little. <laughs> he has his horror underground show. That's the better way to put it. A more niche show than this one, but very good. Go listen to it. I quite enjoy it. Um. You, what did you say? You were, you were talking about, oh yes, uh, the the future of the home media market and 4K, whether or not 4K would take over for Blu-ray and what, you know, it it being a, the home video thing being uh, diminishing. But so what what I kind of was wondering about, you get a lot of, like these really small horror movies that nobody's ever heard of. You get them imported from UK on these thousand to 3000 print runs. Yeah. They're very rare. They're very low print blue Blu-rays. Do you think that we're going to go to, do you think 4k is the next thing? Like it's going to fully take over and everybody's going to be rebuying their collections again. Uh, I don't know. I know maybe that's a stretch, but would you be rebuying these movies? The, especially the lower, Smaller, tiny films that you're buying, would you rebuy those on 4K or would you just stick with Blu-ray?
1: I honestly, I think that I would stick with, uh, with Blu-ray. I, I think 4K might come better into play with huge budget movies, uh, with big special effects and whatever. And that, like, I granted a lot of these old school movies were still sh- were shot on 16 millimeter and especially 35 millimeter. And that's still a huge, like, you can, Clean that up, and it looks fantastic. But I, I don't know. I just think that 4K is almost kind of relegated to newer movies with a big budget. That wow, now because like when you go to the theater, you're watching for the most part. You're watching 4K. Uh, the theater, the small theater that I work at, we are going to get a new projector that is 4K, um, and it everything pops. But for home, I just I can't see that. I mean, unless someone has a gigantic screen but even then I, I I've watched blu-ray releases at the theater that I work at um and it still looks fantastic because a lot of these projectors upscale so it will upscale to either 2k or 4k so you're already getting a, a high def image that is upscaled kind of like DVD is like on yeah. the blu-ray players they, it's upscaled and it looks better so it's like there it's so neg- it's so minor and negligible. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Negligible. There That's you go. Name. That's the yeah. word. That's all right. <laughs> that I don't, I, I think that that is going to be a cinema a very, very small crowd that yeah. it'll come and go, kind of like Laserdiscs did. Laserdiscs never really caught on. It was kind of VHS. They Laser- did
0: for a while, there. They did. It just wasn't, not in our area because we lived in rural Ohio. Yeah. It was in other places. It was a big freaking deal. Yeah. Uh, I, but I don't, I mean, for me, I don't feel like, I gotta be, how do I say this? I don't feel, 4K is better and it is a big difference, but I don't feel like it's quite the jump from VHS to DVD or from DVD to Blu-ray. It is I so. think it, 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 yeah. eh, a little more negligible yeah. and at least not enough for me to run out and rebuy yeah. equipment and, uh, yeah, uh, movies that I've already bought. I agree. And then, now, there are examples of both DVD and Blu-ray where they put out the first edition of a movie, like, uh, let's see, Baraka on DVD is a good example, and yep. the first Total Recall, Blu-ray, is a good example, where they put out second versions of them on that same format, and it was a big difference because they spent a lot more time cleaning it yep. up. But I just don't feel like that 4K is gonna is gonna be the future. I mean, yeah. I think it's gonna be something else. I mean, yeah. whether it's who knows. We've talked about this before. why yeah. why, why should we even bother speculating? I think Hollow Cube or yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think that 4K actually will be like once once that gets kind of more saturating the market. I think it's going to be more streaming 4K. I think that eventually, like you buy a Roku or whatever, or Apple TV or whatever you, device you have. And you can hit play and it'll stream 4K. As far as buying discs, I just, I can't see that. Having said that, I I love my Blu-ray collection. I love finding deals on Blu-rays. And coll- the collector in me just adores Blu-ray way more than VHS and DVD and Laserdisc all put together. I, something about Blu-ray has been like the closest thing to a cinematic experience of anything that I've in my life experienced.
0: I agree, and I kind of disagree. Well,
1: eh, wishy-washy. Do I disagree with you?
0: I think there might be more streaming. I don't know that it's going to be like 4K streaming is taking over everything because uh, I don't want to get political, but the way things are going, they're trying to restrict more streaming. They're trying to get away from that because they want you to watch TV. They don't want to give you a better home theater experience. Yeah. And that might actually make uh, home video resurge. yeah. It, it, Which is a good thing. I, you know, whenever I get discouraged about the state of, of home video or the diminishing state of home video, just go on eBay and type in Laserdisc and hit enter. Because man, there are people selling that stuff left and right. And it is sweet to just go peruse. Yeah. And see, I can still buy this shit on Laserdisc and I love that.
1: Yep. Yep. I agree. You know, it's funny. Um, like talking about streaming and everything, I, um, with my obsessive compulsive personality, I watch one movie. I'm like, Oh, I should watch this movie. I watch it and I'm like, Oh, that was so good. Now I want to watch everything else from either that actor, that director or that studio or whatever. And it just happened again. I watched a, uh, an anthology movie from the seventies from Amicus, which is kind of the, that was the competitor of hammer back in the day. And, uh, usually starring Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee. I watched it. It was a, it was actually on Blu-ray, uh, called torture garden. And it was, there was a series of anthology movies from Amicus and I watched Torture Garden and uh, which the title makes no sense because it's, there is no torture and there is no garden, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love everything that is happening. Right now. <laughs> but I watched Starring it. Starring Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Nicolas <laughs> Cage, not in the movie. Not in the movie, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. But it's, it, so I watched it. I'm like, oh, okay. I have to go watch all of the Amicus uh all of their anthology movies, because they're so good. And I'm like, you know what? Um, I don't have a couple of these. Some of them have been released on Blu-ray, and but then some of them have only been released on VHS. Or no, I'm sorry, not VHS, DVD. Uh, and I'm like, ah, oh, I don't want to have to go buy a DVD. I'm like, you know what? See if I can find this one, which is called The House That Dripped Blood. I'm like, see if I can find that streaming. Well, no on Amazon, no on Netflix, no on whatever. And then I clicked on... Uh, the shout factory streaming site, yeah. which is a free, that's a free site. Uh, it has commercials throughout the, the movie, whatever, but it's legal and it's free. I'm like, Oh, nice. Here it is. And it's a remastered version. Hit play. So the, here's the moral of the story coming up right now. Hit play. It looks beautiful. I'm like, nice. And then it starts buffering and then it starts playing <laughs> and then the dialogue is off and blah, 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 blah. End of story. The, the, basically how this wraps up, I bought the DVD of it for cheap. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I, I'm not going to watch. I'm not, this is not streaming right. And I want to watch that. So there is still a place for physical media. Uh, I'm going to pop that thing in the player and it's going to still look fine because it's from 1970 and it's going to play fine. It's not going to be buffering or whatever. So there's still a home for, for, uh, physical media in my opinion.
0: Yes, there is, and I am so glad that, like, when I remember the switch from VHS to DVD. You and I took bags and bags and bags of movies and traded them in, and we upgraded, and yada yada. And I did not do that in the transition from DVD to Blu-ray, because it was like, these don't look that bad. And I have them widescreen, where in VHS days, that was a hard thing to come by. It It was. They were all full frame, so I didn't mind losing a lot of those. I still have some VHS and I still have actually bought VHS in the last year just because I can't pass up a Disney clamshell of Darby O'Gill and the little people for 50 cents. That's just too (laughs) fricking cool for me. Uh, But, and I'm still buying DVD every now and then if I find something that, you know what? I don't really need to have this on Blu-ray, but it's worth a DVD for 50 cents. Yeah. I'll snag it. Because I don't need a Blu-ray of what was the one of the last ones? I oh, the Clash of the Titans, the original. Oh, okay. You know, with the the owl, the owl and the stop motion or whatever yeah. kind of motion, the Ray Harryhausen effects. I don't need that on Blu-ray. Come on, who are, are you kidding? I mean, <laughs> that that would be sweet, but I'm a man of of a budget, so <laughs> yeah. If I can get it for a buck, sweet, I got it. That's mine now. It's in the collection. It will stay there forever, and it can be, you know. Yeah. Viewed and it, it looks
1: okay. Yeah. And for um, us collectors, it's something about having that on your shelf and you pull it out and you look at the case and you're like, all right, you know, this is, I, I own, I own this, even though you yeah. may have bought it on voodoo, which I have a bunch of movies that I bought on voodoo. It's, yeah. I, it's almost like I, it's sometimes I forget that I even have them, but my media room, I'm like, I own these movies. These are all mine. Uh, baby,
0: legend of the lost. Yeah. I bought that on DVD. And it was so funny to me to find it on DVD that I was like, I can't leave the store without this. Why? Because I rented it at the mom and pop video store on VHS a dozen times with my sister because we just could not believe how they brought this, how this dinosaur, they found a dinosaur.
1: Yeah. Like you're
0: at the right age where it was like, this, this is amazing. I can't believe these effects. And then you watch Jurassic Park and then you go back and watch this movie and you're like, it is literally like a Muppet. There's yes. a guy with a hand <laughs> up the neck and it is the worst special effect yeah. you've ever seen in your life. And the story is stupid. And
1: <laughs> yeah, but
0: yep. I had to buy it just because I'm going to show this to my kids one day and they're going to hate it and they're going to hate me for it. And I'm going to say like, no, no, this was the amazing thing when I was your age. Uh, but anyway, I own that on DVD and it is in the collection where it will stay. Yep. Uh The point I wanted to make though about this is, uh, this little derail that we've got on the physical media will always trump the streaming for me always. I yeah. mean, now, now it's nice to have that voodoo collection. So, cause I can pop on there like, Oh, what do I want to watch? And I just kind of breeze through and I'm like, Oh sweet. You know, I'll, I don't have to go dig out the Blu-ray. I'll just watch it right now. And, and yeah, it's that, but if the internet goes down, oh, well, I'll just get out my better-looking Blu-ray anyway. Yeah. And, Plus, and I get everybody
1: to give me their voodoo codes, and I own, you know, 200 movies. Yeah. <laughs> and, and seriously, for us, we have good internet here, but all it takes is a thunderstorm or something, and our internet is really slow or it's buffering, and I'm like, I don't have to worry about that with a DVD or a Blu-ray. And and for me, again, it's, it's my collector instinct, uh, especially with those smaller labels that are like lovingly releasing these movies that you've either never heard of or, oh, I kind of remember that on DV or on VHS way back in, way, way back in the day. And now it's like, now it's like you pop it in, which I'll get to this in Recently Watch, but you pop it in and it's almost found a new life on a physical media where it's like, that could have been projected in the theater, even though I know it was probably just dumped onto VHS back in the day because it's low budget, whatever. But now it's like that, it's cleaned up that thing. There was some polish to that movie that back in the day, it's not like it is now where anybody with a video camera can make a movie and edit it on their laptop. Back then you couldn't do that. You had to have a 35 millimeter camera and some sort of a, some sort of a budget, yeah. something, even if you're full moon entertainment or trauma, there's some sort of a budget there that, and, and even if you're just a guy in Jersey and
0: you want to shoot, shoot a movie in a convenience store it costs you yes.
1: thirty thousand dollars and thirty thousand dollars now that can go really far on the world of Netflix. Just trust me. Just just click on any number of <laughs> horror movies; they're on there. Yeah. <laughs> so Netflix doesn't even pay you that much for uh, yeah for your, for your movie. <laughs> so, but it's it, that is interesting how we've come so like we've we've come to the point where a lot of people can make a, make a movie for very 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 little. But back then, even the lowest of the low budget movies, they're still was something that had to happen, like a studio and financial backing and a cast and crew and all that stuff. So, Or
0: nobody would ever see it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a good thing, even though the market is flooded right now with filmmakers and wannabe filmmakers and everything, and most of it is... uh, I don't want to slag anybody, but most of it, it's this sea of garbage out there. Just go bruise around Netflix a little bit. There's a lot of crap out there. Yeah, It's just painful to try and sit through. Every now and then... You get somebody who kind of has talent and knows what they're doing, and then boom, you got a turbo kid. Yeah, exactly. It's like, holy shit,
1: this rules. Yep. Yep. Or I even go so far as to say Time Crimes, which that's a low-budget movie, and I didn't love it the first time I watched it, but I appreciate what went into making that movie. Uh, For as low-budget as it was, that was a talented filmmaker that had a great script. And he was so. talking about how
0: <laughs> difficult it was to make
1: the movie and how difficult it was to
0: edit it and how hard they worked on it. And, and you know, he said, as long as if when you happen to be in touch with the zeitgeist, everybody thinks about things at the same time, not on purpose and on purpose. So you come back to can or wherever you're submitting to. And they're like, Hey, everybody's blowing up about this time travel movie that goes over and over and is low budget. And, deals with uh, the same kind of characters and stories over and over again. they're like, what's it called? Oh, Primer. Oh, good. That's the same year that I'm submitting Time Crimes. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Both both really good. I really enjoy both. But Primer is wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, We're getting on time. So we need to move on to Recently Watched because I've got a few films I want to talk about. I'm sure you've got more.
1: And I do. And
0: I'm going to let you go first on this section, actually, because, uh, yeah, I like to force you to start and finish up because you're going to have more than I am. But we'll do double headers. And, yeah, lead us off. So okay. What do you got?
1: I'm going to start off with uh, the newest movie. Now, I will say this. Um, I'm not going to spoil this movie, and nor will my written review uh, coming out uh, next week on our Facebook page. But I did want to chime in on this movie briefly because I did watch it and it's uh has a very limited theatrical run and it's from our friends uh at Astron 6 which I really like those guys I nice yeah um they've now made or at least several uh, Astron 6 is obviously a a small crew of uh filmmakers actors whatever from Canada um they've made some great stuff like uh Father's Day for Trauma, which is Barely a trauma movie. It's kind of their own thing, but Trauma distributed it. Manborg, which is nuts, and they now have this movie called The Void, uh, which is. Called- I did
0: not know that was from them. Yes,
1: that is an Astron Six. That kind trailer
0: of- was nuts. Yes,
1: so I watched uh, The Void. It is now streaming. You can you can rent the movie, and uh, I couldn't help myself. And actually, it, this is playing up in Cleveland. Um... I don't think it would be a great fit for the theater that I work at. Uh, this is a very, very for a for for a certain type of crowd, which is me. Uh, but that's not for everybody. It is um, uh, again. I'm gonna have a full review on our Facebook page, but um, all of the weird wackiness of the Astron Sixes other movies. Which is, a lot of the times their movies are played for gross out laughs, this is the opposite. Deadly, deadly serious, no laughs at all, um, and 90 minutes of gross practical effects and what the hell is going on, Lucio Fulci type storytelling. Uh, with a whole heaping lot of Clive Barker and John Carpenter. Just, just mush that all together and the void! You haven't said anything I dislike. Yeah, seriously, like, I'm, and I'm talking Assault on Precinct 13, uh, Prince of Darkness, The Thing, very much The Thing, um, and then Hellraiser with, the Beyond from Lucio Fulci, all crossed together to make this,
0: I, I, and a DeLorean from Back to the Future, yes. and there's time travel and uh, yeah. nudity and boobs yeah. and beer <laughs> and uh, I, what metal? And there's a um, there's and, a hoverboard skateboard in there somewhere, yeah, and Biff yeah, and yeah. yellow, yeah, dinosaurs with
1: rocket launchers <laughs> and. Oh, uh, but it's um, it's not perfect, and I, I, I need to watch it again. The storyline is very, very briefly here is basically people get trapped in a, uh, nearly abandoned hospital with a cult keeping them in, hence, uh, a solo precinct 13. And there is, uh, very strange goings-ons inside as far as ultimate, alternate dimensions, creatures. It doesn't all come together quite like I wish it would, although having said that, I streamed this and, and I liked it enough that I am actually importing this Blu-ray from the UK because it's not getting a Blu-ray release here in the States. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm importing that son of a bitch. <laughs> so that's heading my way from the UK, uh, here in about a month. And I can't wait to watch it again. And having, even though I streamed it in HD, it looked fine. Uh, I could just tell. I'm like, I'm, I'm. This is streaming. I'm like, I want to watch this on Blu-ray. This doesn't look quite. Ah, come on, give me the. Occasionally, need... the
0: video will be okay for. Will be comparable enough for my bad yeah. vision for. Yeah. Uh, to the Blu-ray, the audio, the audio never is. Yeah, never.
1: The, the audio wasn't, and I could tell it was. Uh, uh it was a dark movie. And there's so much practical effects in this movie that a lot of it was shrouded in darkness. And I'm like, that would not be the case on Blu-ray. So, we call that the Pandorum effect, I believe. Oh, th- yes. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> or the AVP Requiem effect. Exactly. Yes. Yep. That was that. Those are the two that immediately spring to mind. Yep. Speaking of cults, uh, I forgot to mention Abattoir, Abattoir mm-hmm. has a cult and that now puts me i think at 3 or 4 weeks oh. of straight cult material or yeah. at least one cult film every week i'm in some weird yeah uh, looper loop where yeah. everything i watch suddenly eh, there's a cult culty so. yeah culty
1: mccultworth that's great okay the well board, here's another one <laughs> cult farm. Next. So okay. Um, next up for me is now. How much did I hint uh, uh, last episode about House, uh, the four movies from ha- the House series?
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. It oh got shit, a little I... messy there towards the end. Yeah, but...
1: and I talked about that on my own show. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna skip those. If you want to hear my breakdown on that, go to Cinema Soft I talk about the four House movies released on Arrow Video. I quite enjoyed
0: that too. I don't. I. I believe I've only seen the first one and I was so disappointed that it wasn't the crazy all out horror movie that I was expecting from the cover of the film, but it was mm. still a very funny comedy movie yeah. that I was like, okay, I feel weird, but okay.
1: Part two is awesome. It's it's so it's it's like a kid's movie almost, but it's <laughs> but in the best in the best way possible for like I'm literally the explorers that type of mindset, if you go in thinking like just this kind of bizarro 80s science fiction fantasy type thing, it is great.
0: Well, I need to see it.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, let's see here. Oh, documentary time. I'm going to talk about this movie real quick and see if you've heard of this guy. Um, we had for one time only, uh, one screening only at our theater, a documentary called Shot, The Psycho-Spiritual Mantra of Rock. And this is a documentary about Mick Rock, who is, uh, basically, uh, when you think of rock and roll photography, Mick Rock is the guy, uh, dating all the way back to David Bowie, like an undiscovered David Bowie, uh, to Lou Reed all the way up to, um, I don't want to say Motley Crue, but even all the way up to even now, like modern times, the guy is still going. This is one of the best documentaries I've seen in years. It's so good. Um you especially would love it it's it's one of those documentaries to where it's uh the director which the director is Barney Clay uh it's not a typical documentary he tried to do something different so it's not talking head type documentary it's right almost like it's a movie like you're watching a movie you're watching his story and he narrates it he talks about it but it's very very cinematic um and like even when we get into obviously we're dealing with with rock stars so there's drug stuff and he does certain things to incorporate that into this documentary that are just like wow this almost feels like a 2001 trippy experience that I'm watching right now with the visuals but the stories that this guy has are incredible and uh you know the picture of uh Iggy Pop where he's kind of bent over and in yeah, huge that, that was him yeah. that was his picture um The, the classic cover of Queen, I think Queen's second album where they're all like standing shrouded in, in like darkness and they're all kind of crossing their arms. Um, Yeah, that
0: was a cover of an album, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a cover of
1: their album. That was him. Um, there's so many pictures you're like, I remember that. I I know that photo or I know, I know that album cover and that was this guy. But, um, along with the, the excess of, that uh, of rock and roll like sex drugs rock and roll it's like this guy was a photographer and he lived that as well it's almost like he is a rock star in his own right and hearing his story and how he started and how he fell into the depths and then how he rebounded is is it's incredible incredible um anyway i felt very privileged to be able to watch a one-time only showing on the big screen of this movie and hopefully it pops up on netflix and you can watch it because it's, I can't imagine you wouldn't like it. It's crazy.
0: Oh, it sounds great. Yeah. I was... hope it does pop up on Netflix. Sounds like something that would absolutely pop up on Netflix in the documentary yeah, section. I, I was Hell, actually... it's the only thing they're doing right these days.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, and the fact that it's, it's different. It's, they, it's documentary, but more even more cinematic was fantastic. So there you go. That's, there you go. All
0: right. Good deal. I will definitely keep an eye out for that. And on my side, I blindly opened my asshole to Eugene's uh, movie (laughs) suggestions, and he (laughs) handed me a whole grand pile of stuff last week, and I just started pulling things out of there like, okay, I kind of remember him talking about that, but I had some drinks and so I forget, but I think that was good, and he probably gave it to me because it was good. I doubt he'd give me something because it's bad. Uh, no, it's all right. Um, right. <laughs> first up is Turkey Shoot. I just couldn't oh, pass up on yeah. that title. So that was the very first one I pulled off the stack you gave me. And it did not disappoint. This is Australian exploitation weirdness at its, I don't know, not at its finest, but it's pretty damn entertaining. I'll Good. put it that way. I definitely enjoyed Turkey Shoot. That was a fun movie. I enjoy this section of cinema, this time frame, I, late 70s, early 80s, yeah. somewhere in there, yeah. uh, where the the tech is still, can be goofy looking, where it's like you got a whole uh, bank of stainless steel with a bunch of Christmas lights in it, and that's computers. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yes. That, I love that kind
0: of shit, especially uh, now being set in Australia or an Australian film. They have the goofy vehicles. Yep. It's a, this weird gator with yeah. four wheels and a blade on the front because you need that. Cause it snows in Australia all the time. Not just, but, <laughs> but we have to have that so we can run over the, yeah, the prisoners yeah. that we're hunting. We Cut need to do a whole house. segment at some point where we just break down movies where People, the the danger, hunting the most dangerous game, man. Yeah. Uh, because there are so many of these movies out there. I I wouldn't say this is one of the upper ones, upper tier ones, but it, it's certainly one of the funnier ones. And, uh, Oh, for,
1: it's bad, but it's yeah. great. Bad. It's I, bad, it's, but
0: it's so funny yeah. and weird and disjointed and doesn't make a lick of sense. It's uh, uh, logically.
1: Now, did you think the creature thing, like there's kind of a monster in it, kind of,
0: yeah, some guy they found at a circus freak show. Yeah. He's just kind of grunty and, ah, I'm hairy, and Yeah.
1: Then he gets it, cut I thought, in I half. I loved, yeah, I love like, how good. random it was. It was just like, oh, here's a creature type thing, maybe. Here the, you go. The best part about
0: that was his handler and the guy that they were hunting, because they were like... You're terrible at being prey, and we found you in two seconds. So I'm gonna bite your toe off and then let you loose and give you a five minute head start. And I'm gonna come hunt you down and tear off another piece. Uh huh. And I'm just gonna keep
1: doing this until I'm bored with you.
0: <laughs> that was oh, hilarious.
1: But, but the fact that like it was gleefully gory, um, yes. I, which I thought was great. Like like ah, we don't we we're gonna show as much violence and TNA and craziness as we possibly can. It just it. Felt so exploitation.
0: Exploitation-y, but not really full on exploitation because it wasn't that gory. It was more implied gory and uh, you had asked me last time when you well, when you were reviewing if I recognized uh, Steve Railsback or Olivia Husay. Olivia Husey, the female lead of the movie, I recognized immediately. And I was like, What do I know you from? So I did a little looking. I recognize her from two things in particular. Most notably, It. She was the, uh, the It series? Yeah. From the 90s. She was the female lead of that. Wow. The older one, uh, Audra, Audra Denborough. And from the, I mean, she, man, her, her career goes back. Like, this is what I was, uh, what was so interesting to me about this movie because I got, I fell down a rabbit hole of like IMDBing people out of this movie. It was like, I kind of recognize that tall, bald guard. Yeah, I know. He looked it, like the guy from
1: Raiders of the Lost Ark. I know. That's who what was. I
0: thought he was from too. And I went and looked and was like, nope. But I recognized him from this, this, and this. The, uh, the other thing that I, uh, okay, um, she was in the original Black Christmas. Oh, okay. What I know her from is from 1968, Romeo and Juliet, that the, uh, I don't want to say original, but one of the old, the old Romeo Romeo and Juliet, I got that one on DVD. Okay. So yeah, she's had quite a career, but kidding. and Uh, she was in Turkey shoot, Australian, uh, whatever (laughs) shoot them up, find, uh, hunt man, the dangerous game.
1: (laughs) Oh, that movie is great. That's that. Now that is the epitome of drinking movie right there. That's a drinking movie. Yes, it was. was I like that. Okay, next up was
0: The Pit. I had to go right to this one because you got the... (laughs) This is one that I've seen the cover in the video store back in the VHS days so many times. And I just, oh, that looks cool. But I never got around to actually renting it.
1: Oh, and here way, we go.
0: The way that you talked about it, it was like, I got to check this out. And it lived up to every bit of the weirdness that you sold it on. It, the creepy, goofy little kid. This kid, this was me. This was my life.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Oh,
0: because that kid was like, oh, I feel bad for you. But... This poor, sad sack bastard. He, <laughs> This little kid, he, he goes and stands on the corner and he's just like, I just... just leave me alone, don't yell at me. So he goes and stands on the street corner and a girl is yelling at him, quit looking at my bike. And he's like, but I wasn't, I was just standing, go over, fine, I'll go over here. Old lady in a wheelchair, get out of my way, you piece of crap. And it's like, I'm just trying to exist. (laughs) (laughs) I felt no pity for the people that he was throwing in this pit to these demon Neanderthal Warhol whatever things, yeah. Whatever. I didn't care. I felt no pity for them. I loved the kid I was on inside. Kill them all.
1: Oh, he was so awkward and kind of fell in love with the babysitter. And Yeah, oh, that was, got
0: weird. That, yeah, got, yeah. that got weird. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I wasn't that
0: bad as a kid but for the rest of it i was with him kill the jock kill the old lady kill yep. the kill the little bitch that lives next door won't let you ride her banana seat bike
1: oh he had the just the worst amish bowl cut haircut and huh? oh. yeah i had a lot in common with this poor little sound. <laughs> oh but wasn't it just a weird
0: bizarro movie it was, and I loved the, the ending was the best. I knew yeah. how it was going to end, the very end-end. Yeah. I saw it coming. It was like, there, nah. Oh, this kid's being friendly to you? You're fucked.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: Excellent. There you so, go. All Turn right, so
1: pit. two thumbs-ups. I like that. I,
0: I, I'll be honest. Passing thumbs-up. I didn't love yeah. these movies, but I, I did enjoy watching them.
1: Good, good. Okay, so... um. I had mentioned earlier that I watched a movie called uh Torture Garden, which is an Amicus movie. Uh do you have you watched any of the Amicus anthology movies? I well, I don't know what are they. I don't believe so. Um there is Tales from the Crypt. Yes. Um no that's the old school Tales from the Crypt. Uh there's like the uh Killer Santa Claus uh short film and I, uh, I
0: have one wait a minute. Tell this me. is
1: like the early seventies. These these are all from the seventies.
0: Oh, maybe not then.
1: Okay. Well, Amicus did this series of short short movie and short movies and um Torture Garden was the second one. The first one was uh Doctor Terror's House of uh I whatever. Christopher <laughs> Lee. Uh House of series. whatever Christopher Lee. Yeah. <laughs> uh Doctor Terror's House of Horror or House of I uh, okay.
0: I know what you mean. There's a yeah. lot of those guys.
1: There's a lot of them, yeah. But and they're all they're all pretty good. Some of them are awesome. Uh, but this, there's this, I paid $6 for it, brand new on Blu-ray. Just came out. Um, it's Torture Garden, a movie called Brotherhood of Satan, and The Creeping Flesh. So let's just get these three movies done real quick here. Okay, okay? first up so is? Torture Garden. Let's get Torture Garden done. did you review that lot? I kinda did. Yeah, but it's good. Okay, so it's good. Check it out. Um, but I would, I would seriously, like, listeners, if you are interested in older anthology movies, go into IMDb and, or just do a web search for Amicus, uh, A-M-I-C-U-S. Do a search for that and just look at the list of their movies and there is a string of, uh, anthology movies that they released, and they are really, really good. Like, every single one of those movies has some fantastic short films. If you are a fan of the old EC comics, uh, some of the stories are from that. Uh, especially the Tales from the Crypt and the Vault of Horror. But, That's um,
0: badass. Those EC comics are awesome.
1: Yeah. If you, seriously, if you like those, I, I can't imagine you would not like these, especially because they have that old school 70s feel. Lots of fog. And, you know, it's the, there's a one about a vampire and there's one about a werewolf and there's, they're, they're great. And they always have that Twilight Zoni type payoff to where it's like, ah, Zing gotcha. <laughs> um, so they're, they're great. So, Torture Garden is not the best of the bunch, but it's, it's a very fun watch. Brotherhood of Satan, though. Um that name is impossibly cool. Uh it's so great. The movie though, um I will say this, the movie is rated PG and the whole way through I'm like <laughs> how in the world do you make a movie I... called Brotherhood of Satan and yeah. it's PG? Yeah. How is this PG like like I'm kind of remembering I think there may have been a little bit of nudity maybe but and and just evil and and old creepy gross old people taking over kids bodies and murdering and, um, and fake bright red Italian blood and it's not a very good movie but it's so bizarro and weird and I couldn't I couldn't quit watching the movie uh, but something about he, those old school 70s movies hearing these Kind of gross looking old people say, saying, Hail Satan! Satan! Hail Satan! And over and over, I'm like, this is like legitimately evil to me. Like, I, I literally feel kind of creeped out right now because it's, it feels like from another era and it like, you. Kind of like the end of Rosemary's Baby. Yes, like that. Like, now that's like really well done. This is not really well done, but it still feels like, ugh, yuck. And kids are involved and, and it's PG! Okay. <laughs> Bring uh, the fam. Bring the family. And the last, uh, is The Creeping Flesh, starring Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. And, um, I'm not gonna spend too much time on this, although, um, this is of the three, this is probably the one that you would like the most. Um, <laughs> so Peter Cushing finds this skeleton, uh, from whenever Papua New Guinea, and, uh, it's a, it's this, creature alien thing, and it's revealed to be like the origin of evil. And, uh, and he thinks that, hey, here's something I can do. I can cure, um, I can cure people by, by, uh, making them immune to evil by injecting them with, uh, stuff from this skeleton. But in fact, that makes them all the more evil. Duh, right? And they're like, what? Yeah, I, 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 Okay. Clearly. Yeah. So here's what's cool <laughs> about this movie is the, the skeleton starts to come back to life by any time that water hits it, it comes back to life. And what makes this movie so good is that the first time water hits it, it hits it on its middle finger. And so it starts to form a finger again, but the finger looks like a very big penis. And so Peter Cushing rips this, this finger penis off. And the whole movie is like, there's just, they're dangling this dick, uh, this, Rubbery, it's gross, and I'm like, I know it's a it's a finger, but it looks like a dick, and uh, I'm like, this is starting to get awkward, and just flopping it in Arousing? daughter's face, like, ah, it's so, it's such a weird premise, and I'm like, whoever did the special effects didn't do a good job, but it it uh, it's it's bizarro. Anyway, yeah.
0: Why is it called Creeping Flesh? That's a weird title. Like, your flesh is going to creep up on you, or is it the, the the flesh creeps back on its bones?
1: Yes, the fl- Yeah, exactly. But the whole thing about, like, they really, really go into the whole middle finger is missing, and it's... Eh, it's anyway. Now a penis. Now, yes. So, anyway, eh, whatever.
0: What if a guy walked up to you and flipped you off right to your face, and his middle finger was a penis shape? What, wh- wh- how would you react to that? Hmm. That's the way. Hmm. That almost <laughs> sounded hungry. Like mm.
1: hmm. Or yeah, would it be? Would it be? Hmm. Or hmm. Oh, the
0: first one sounded a little more like hmm.
1: inquisitive. Yeah. Yeah,
0: like that's odd, but tasty.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but tasty. <sighs> oh, okay. So.
0: Okay, uh, last round for me, and then you can have another round if you want. Okay. Uh, another one that you gave me, The Barons.
1: Darren Lynn Bossman. Okay.
0: Very good. Was he the guy that did Abitur? Yes. Yeah, I remember you mentioning, I need to watch The Barons, because it's a great movie. So I, I pulled it out while I happened to be very sick, flu-ridden, fevered. Don't hold it against me, but I popped it in and had the volume turned down very low on purpose. Within the first 15 minutes, fell asleep, but I needed sleep because I hadn't slept in like 30 hours. Yeah. So I slept through the rest of the movie, then I rewound it to where I fell asleep and watched it again! <laughs> because I would come out of my haze, see a couple minutes, huh, what, and go back to sleep. And it turns out that my viewing experience very much mirrored the movie. Uh it was... Uh, Almost like I had been bitten by a rabid dog and was trying to figure out what the hell was going on. Every now and then I wake up and somebody's screaming and, "Huh? Oh, what's happening? Hallucinate and back to sleep. Ooh. Uh... Yeah, it was a very weird way to watch a movie, but, you know, I'm trying to watch stuff and I was sick. It's, uh... Overall, final thoughts on the movie? It was okay. I didn't love it. I, uh, one of the th- the tropes that I irritate the shit out of me about cinema is the he's poisoned, drugged, uh, hypnotized, so he's hallucinating, and so you, as the audience member, you don't know if what he's seeing is real or if it's in his head. I know it's a legitimate kind of filmmaking technique, but it annoys the fucking piss out of me. Oh really? Okay, I didn't. It, that. It's no, it's it's. Look, I, I was trying to think while I was thinking about this movie. I was like, how am I gonna review this? Um, you know, sometimes it works. Sometimes it's in movies and it doesn't bother me at all. And I was trying to bring up an example of, of where it does work and it doesn't bother me, and I I couldn't. It, nothing was springing to mind. But for the most part, that just kind of annoys me because it's like you're just fucking with the audience. You're not fucking yeah. with anybody else. The the people don't get it. The people in the movie don't get it. The characters in the movie don't get it. So the whole time you're watching the characters be confused. And that's just annoying. Because it's, you know, why are you doing this? What? There's no thing out there. Uh, You must be sick. Or poisoned. Or hallucinating. No, no, it's there. It's there. And you as the audience member who sees both sides goes, "I, I... is it or isn't it? Because you're showing us both, and so we don't know. We just have to wait till the third act to find out what. Yeah. Now with this movie, you get to the third act, and you find out what. And it was like, oh, that's pretty sweet. I like that. I think it's just a personal thing with me. And so I'm not going to, like, uh, shred the movie. Because I, it didn't really break any rules that, you know, you know uh, of filmmaking where I'm like, no, you deliberately were fucking with people and yeah. lying to the audience they weren't doing that so it's okay I enjoyed it and I dig it and I really like the ah, the female uh, actress lead in this what's her name um shit I was gonna have that pulled up whatever her, her name yeah. is I can't remember her name off I think it's Mia something um she was the female lead in the crow city of angels and she was picking up the role of the little girl from the first crow movie with Brandon Lee
1: Okay. Is it Mia Kirshner? Yes, Mia
0: Kirshner. Thank you. Okay. I really like her a lot as an actress. And it's because of that second Crow movie. That's because she is playing, yeah, the, uh, how do you explain that? She's picking up the the role of the little girl from the first movie with Brandon Lee. And yeah, anyway, repeating myself, but, uh, that, that's what gave uh, City of Angels weight to me. And I really liked her performance in that movie, because I thought that's such a difficult thing to do, to pick up the role of a child from the first movie and, and give it some weight in, the, in a admittedly kind of bad sequel. Also starring Iggy Pop, who got photographed by your guy.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> now, um, I, I, I actually don't think I've watched uh, City of Angels since the theater. I really need to give it a second shot.
0: I encourage you to watch the first one again first, just so you can really have a connection with the the girl in that movie. Okay. Because she is the kind of the, in a weird way, the core of it. Okay. At first, she just seems like a part of the side of it, but she is the beginning and the end, the narrator. And so it, you know, that plays a part with her being one of the main characters of the sequel. Gotcha. Uh, So yeah, there's some emotional weight there. Excellent. I, I think it's an underrated sequel. But, uh, yeah, anyway, I'm getting carried away. The Barons. Um, it's, it's fine. And I really like the ending and that kind of, uh, yeah, that, that turned my sideways thumb to a
1: thumb up-ish. Okay. It's okay. Yeah. I'll give good. it a pass. I'm glad you it. watched it. I'm glad you, you checked it out and, and you weren't like, that was awful. What are you thinking? For most of the movie, I was kind of there because of the because of
0: what they were doing. Because of yeah. the, is he, isn't he, it's hallucinating. And again, that's just a personal thing with me. I don't like that, yeah. that in film. But uh, whatever. It, they do it a lot, and they're going to keep doing it. And okay, so yeah. next up. And this is the last one for me. I actually had a couple others I want to talk about, but I didn't get around to my write-up today. Mm. Today was my day. I did not forget. I literally did not have even 15 minutes at home to sit down and write something because (laughs) I was running around with kids and everything. But I have the day off tomorrow, so I'm going to write this movie up for tomorrow. Stay tuned. It's a surprise. It was a 2016 release that I watched on Netflix. I can't wait to talk about it, but I think it would be better served in a write-up than on the show. Mm -hmm. So I will uh, do a write-up of that tomorrow. Uh But my last review for the podcast this evening is a short film called Los Bandoleros. Have you heard of this?
1: I don't think so. Is it on Netflix or? Uh, it was on Vimeo. Okay.
0: This is written and directed by Vin Diesel. I'd never heard of it before, wow. but with all of the uh, promotion cut leading up to the new Fast and Furious movie, my buddy clued me into the existence of this thing. It's a short film that takes place before uh, Fast and the Furious, the fourth one, where they all get back together. Okay. As I understand it, I think. Um, at any rate, if you're either a fan of these movies or you're not. You either kind of get that these are tongue-in-cheek, stupid, kind of tent-poley, we're just going to make money and crash cars into shit, uh, or you don't and i personally am a fan of its silliness the whole universe of the silliness that is these movies i, I can't help it they're just too ridiculous so i had to check out it's like a 18 minute short and it was it was fine it was enjoyable but you could see it was very Masturbatory considering who's helming it. Uh, Vin Diesel is in it. He's the coolest and uh, the coolest lines and he's the cool chick magnet, cool dude, Vin Diesel. But it was just interesting to see that this is kind of what he was doing, his character was doing during uh, the shitty Tokyo Drift. Uh, That's basically what it is. Okay. And all of the, their, their characters getting back together. So if you want to check that out, if you're in the, you know, this, these silly Fast and Furious movies, give it a watch because it, it serves as a, like, prequel to part four, I believe. And I'm going to rewatch these movies again because the new one's coming out. I'm not going to rewatch it in anticipation of that. Just, I'm kind of, it's getting towards summer and I'm kind
1: of in the mood for some dumb shit. Yeah. So. I need to still rewatch, or not rewatch. I still need to watch the last Fast and the Furious movie. I kind of gave up after the uh insanely long runway scene. From the, I'm like, okay, I think I'm, that was
0: six. Yeah, I'm this good. This last one was seven, and the next one is eight, and yeah. that comes out this weekend, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I, I just maybe it's because I'm getting older, but I just I don't care as much. Like, You're not it,
0: wrong to abandon them. They're stupid movies. But yeah. Four and four or five and. Six. Six is the runway one. Four, five, and six are... They're fun. Five is the pinnacle. Yeah, it won't get any better than that. But four was good. Five was the best. Six was good again. Not as good, but good. <laughs> and then the
1: last one, which is I one I haven't seen.
0: its It's about on par with four and six.
1: Okay. Watchable, but... Somewhat forgettable. They're um,
0: just—I I like them because it's just turn off your brain, watch some shit blow up, and watch some silly effects and ramping cars and whatnot. Yeah. Okay, you get to take us into the Pumpkin Hour.
1: No, <laughs> oh, of course. Um, one of the worst movies I've ever watched in my forty-two years. I'm being serious, and I've oh. watched some awful shit. Um, Please don't be something I recommended. Please don't be oh, something. Oh, <laughs> vinegar syndrome released. Nope, What not me. <laughs> yeah, a movie called Hellbent. Hey, it's limited edition, so Eugene buys it. Um, Hellbent from 1988. Uh, it's nothing. It's nothing. And I spend $18, and I'm done.
0: Are you going to sell it, or...?
1: Uh, probably not. <laughs> I want to borrow it in October. I, I, it's... I've never seen anything like it. It's almost like it's so bad that did the director knowingly make it that bad as a, hey, look, I actually was able to make this shitty of a movie. It is it is awful beyond words. I don't even know how Mystery Science Theater could make it good, but I own it. And yeah, I'm holding on to it. Hellbent, I, folks. I
0: will see you in the month of 10.
1: Yeah, there's a Santa Claus with a machine gun, and there's drugs and... Oh, Lord, it's... Oh, I... Oh. You really haven't said anything to talk me out of this yet. <laughs> Ed, this guy sells his soul to the devil for fame and fortune in a rock and roll band. And now I, now I actually think, boy, that sounds kind of good. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's... um. Uh lots of fake looking Uzis. I'm still selling it in a positive. (laughs) Yes, you are. (laughs) Um, 80s, uh, very neon esque. um, I'm still in (laughs) (laughs) a kid. There's a kidnapping and the, uh, the dad is murdered and the mom turns into a vigilante, which isn't really the whole, that's not the main plot of the movie. It's just a side thing. Kind of to get, Oh, God, I hated this movie. Oh, I loathe this thing. Um,
0: what if I watch it and I'm like, this is amazing. I will give you $17.85 for it. <laughs> yes.
1: This guy also made a movie called um, Horror House on Highway 5, which Vinegar Syndrome released on Blu-ray. And I'm like, hmm, maybe? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Was it before or after?
1: It was a Hell year bed. before, so he fine-tuned his. Oh, I'm sure his, that yeah, yeah. yeah, he fine-tuned he honed his it for Hellbound. Yeah, sure yes,
0: that, uh, Hell House on Highway Five or whatever is going to be a lot better.
1: Yeah, but um so stay tuned for that review coming up soon. Pre-ordered, didn't you? <laughs> Not yet, but yeah, I'm waiting. <laughs> I can't. It's like I hear Vinegar Syndrome. And I'm like, no, oh, it's that's so hit and miss. But I'm like, ooh, but limited edition, maybe. And it, I mean, maybe it might be good because it might be a gem, but it probably isn't. So, well, I'm yeah. sure our audience appreciates you t- taking the, that grenade and showing yes. it down
0: your pants, blowing your yeah. pecker off exactly for, the, for, for everybody. Yes.
1: Now, I haven't, I haven't bought House on Highway Five yet, but I did pre-order the upcoming release of Psycho Cop Part Two from Vinegar Syndrome. So the, they didn't. They're not. Not part one, which I have not seen, but part two coming soon to a podcast <laughs> called Movie Freaks near you. You so you haven't seen the first one at all, huh? Ever? No. Oh. Or part two, but uh, they they're releasing part two in the first ever uh, uncut version on Blu-ray. So.
0: Oh, we'll get to see
1: all that stuff we didn't miss the first time around. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I'm hoping it. Uh, yeah, it's so it's Maniac Cop and now it's Psycho Cop. We'll oh. see. Yep. They should fight. <laughs> Now there. Now that would be a great uh uh cinematic expanded universe right there. Yeah, that would be perfect. The Maniac cop and psycho cop and uh, Uncaged. And somehow I was gonna say and somehow Nicholas Cage yeah. from from yeah, from Bad Lieutenant gets brought in, and now we have a whole cop series that we are now done. We're done. <laughs> Did you have another one? Uh I was gonna end on hell. um, Okay, well, do you want to do Coming Soon? um, You always love to do that. Every time I forget about it, you like to call me I've Well, I bought a couple of those Amicus movies uh, on DVD, actually. And uh, Psycho Cop
0: 2. There you go. I look forward to hearing about Psycho Cop 2. I think I remember seeing that in the VHS store. Uh, Yeah, I
1: I do remember those in the the VHS rentals, but I never watched those. Uh, Cool. So, well, I look forward to hearing about them.
0: Um, as for me, uh, who knows? You know how it goes. I'm watching, they just added season two of Legends of Tomorrow, which is another comic book show. So I, I, I had just finished up a week or two ago and I didn't mention it on the show because you don't give a shit about my. Your I G, I see your eyes glaze over every time I start to talk about them. You're like, yeah, So I'd had enough other stuff to talk about, and it's like, yeah, Legend Tomorrow, it's sweet, and I'm a nerd. <laughs> um, but they added season two, and I'm a couple episodes into that. It's awesome. Uh, what else? There's a few other movies on there. I will be right doing a full uh write up. Tomorrow, which... This will come out Saturday. So, yesterday, I did a full write-up on Kubo and the Two Strings. Which I can't wait to watch, by the way. My full write-up will be on the Facebook page yesterday. Yeah. (laughs) Perfect. Uh, So, you can read it there. I don't know. I'm I'm in a... I'm in... I'm the genre hopper. I get into a genre, and I watch that genre. And right now, I'm in between genres. I'm not sure what to go with next. I'm debating. I've got a couple of things that I'm kind of interested in, but I'm still not quite sure.
1: We'll see. Okay. Well, yeah, and I'm actually kind of stuck on the Amicus anthologies and Star Trek again. I'm revisiting the... uh... The original Star Trek movies. My wife and I are actually. so Nice. Yeah. I haven't
0: uh, heard, now, you've mentioned Amicus quite a bit this evening. For all of your niche uh, companies, Vinegar Syndrome, uh, Red Code Bill, whatever, and... Uh, <laughs>
1: yeah. Scream Factory. Scream Factory. I, I haven't heard of Amicus too much. Well, oh, Amicus, I mean, that's the production company. That was kind of like... That was their production company versus like Hammer. It was kind of those two back in the day. And I guess that the rights to various movies from that, com- that from that company are with different studios. Scream Factory released a uh, double uh, or a two pack movie of uh, Tales from the Crypt and Vault of Horror, which are some of their better known anthologies. And um, Kino released uh, the Doctor Terror movie. Mm. Uh, Mill Creek released uh, Torture Garden, and then uh, Asylum, which is. Fantastic. That's probably their best one. Um, a doctor visits an in, insane asylum, and then it's broken down into some short stories. It is fantastic. That has yet to be released on Blu-ray, and then there's a, uh, um, uh, two other ones that have not been released on Blu-ray as well yet, which they're just on DVD, which I'm going to watch them because I am now on in am- Amicus Kick. They also made some movies as well. The Beast Must Die, which I watched, but I did not review this episode. And, um, uh, and now The Screaming Starts, which that title is just incredibly <laughs> awesome. Um, and then some old school, like Sword and Sandal type, or maybe not Sword and Sandal, but like the Land of Time Forgot type movies.
0: You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah, that yeah, yeah. type
1: of thing. So with dinosaur, fake dinosaurs and all that stuff. So <laughs> anyway,
0: Not the screaming starts. I'm sure that's what some people say every time they put they push play on movie freaks. Yeah.
1: Here <laughs> we go. And I'm pretty sure that it's like dot dot dot. And now the screaming starts. I I'm pretty sure that, that, that I'm yeah. I really
0: hope that you pay twenty-eight dollars for that, import it from Germany. Hit play. There's a big title credit that says, and now the screaming starts. And it's 90 minutes of...
1: (laughs) And at the very end... Movie Freaks. Freaks. (laughs) And it's your ultimate joke on me. There we go. Yes. (laughs) It's not going to get better than that. Yeah. I'll see you next week, dude. All right. See you. Bye. (laughs)